This is Books and Nachos, a podcast for those of us who find excitement in the pages of a good book. Fiction and nonfiction, graphic novels, and more. We're here to help you find something great to read. Hello and welcome to Books and Nachos, the Vendanza Media podcast about all things publishing. My name's Stuart in L.A., and I'm on part four of our nine-part series on Philip K. Dick, the literary adaptations that spawned nine movies now being reviewed at nowplayingpodcast.com. Thanks for joining me. Now, I hope you all read Imposter. It's only 15 pages. If you haven't, you got to stop this podcast and just do it. I'm not, not going to be better than Philip K. Dick at telling this story. And i got to say, this is a good one. I really did enjoy this one. So stop me now, read the story, and then we can talk about it. All right. Spencer Olam is our main character, and he is a workaday Joe. Yes, he's working on the project, which is, I suppose, a version of the H-bomb. The world is at war with Alpha Centauri. And we've protected ourselves. Westinghouse has erected a bubble around the major cities and around the planet to protect ourselves from these needle ships that keep coming from Alpha Centauri and trying to destroy us. We're working on a retaliation. But this guy just wants to go on vacation. In the first couple paragraphs, we establish the fact that Spencer Olam, although he may be in a futuristic time fighting aliens, is your average guy who has a wife, a kid, suburbs, the whole 1950s suburban American dream. How horrifying it must be then to be picked up to go to work by his buddy Nelson and to be joined by a military figure named Major Peters who puts a gun in his ribs and tells him, you're coming with us. We're going to have to dismantle you. You aren't real. You are a Alpha Centauri weapon disguised as Spencer Olham. Come to Earth with a bomb that's penetrated our bubble and will now destroy all life on the planet. So the flying car that picked him up to go to work takes him off to the moon, and he's told as soon as they land, he will be ripped to pieces by the team that is waiting there to find the bomb in him. Well, of course, Spencer Olham knows he's not a bomb. He's a real human being, but how do you convince anybody else of that? It's sort of a, a similar situation to Total Recall, and I did enjoy this story as much as I enjoyed We Can Remember It For You wholesale. It has many of the same qualities. I think in some ways it was a trial run. The whole idea of am I insane? Is this reality? Off-world colonies. There are many echoes in both stories, and I enjoyed the humor. I think I mentioned before that Philip K. Dick is usually adapted as a action-packed chase, suspenseful, tension, depressing. They don't get the spirit here of the joy, of the amusement, the absurdity is the right word. The absurdity of being an average guy suddenly thrust into the position of having to defend who you are and having no real recourse to do so. All that Spencer Holm can hope to do is intimidate his captors. He tells them that he is going to activate the bomb and destroy them there, and they jump out of the car before he is yanked out, and he returns to Earth as a way of trying desperately to 
prove his innocence. And keep in mind, they tell him, you may think you're real, but you're not. That's all a false recall. Again, the whole idea is that even if you think it, even if you know who you are deep down, that all might be a lie that you're telling yourself. You may have ulterior motives. You may have a mission you don't even know. It's just a thrilling concept, and it's expertly done in 15 fleet pages. Well, sure enough, when Spencer Olam gets back to Earth... He tries to return home to his wife, and the authorities try to intercede, and he escapes. He's on the run, and and they're yelling after him, you don't think you're a robot, you are a robot, and if you say the trigger phrase, we don't know what that trigger phrase is, you're going to explode. So they've introduced the whole idea that there is something that Olam can actually verbalize that's going to articulate his destruction. What is that phrase? Well, it's, it's all tied up in the ending. Olin makes his way to Sutton Woods, which is his desired vacation spot. He was told it burned a few weeks prior. And he puts together that the, the burn is probably from the needle ship crashing, that they probably didn't send a robot in his image to replace him, but that it crashed and burned up in the Sutton Woods fire. So if he can find the remnants of that... That's the only way he can prove his innocence, and the authorities chase him to the spot of the ship. He opens up the hatch, and indeed, inside is the dead body of the real Spencer Olam. Olam is shocked at the discovery and says the phrase, but if that's Olam, then I must be, and that that's it. It's the self-realization that he is the robot, it's the expressing out loud that activates the actual bomb and the last sentence is the blast was visible all the way to Alpha Centauri so the bad guys win Olam because he refused to believe that he wasn't real because he insisted that his humanity was valid put the entire earth in danger and proven wrong and activated a nuclear blast it's kind of a funny satire of the whole red hunting that was going on, McCarthyism, you know, uh, people were being outed all the time as communists, that there were people among us that looked like everybody else, but in fact had horrible hidden agendas that could mean the bomb going off. And that Cold War fear plays out in this story very, very well, with humor, but still very palpable here and very powerfully done. I just like the way it all came together so simply and, and so to the point. I think this may be my favorite story so far because it is so succinct, because it says what it needs to so well. I'm looking forward to seeing how they handle it in the movie. I'm also not entirely sure how you could stress this out for much longer than it is. It really gets in and gets out, and there's there's not a lot of fat here. There's not a lot of places to expand upon, but that's my thoughts on it. I hope you enjoyed it, too. Our next one up is The Minority Report, the short story that inspired the Tom Cruise movie. We'll be reviewing that movie next week on NowPlayingPodcast.com. And you can join me back here at Books and Nachos when I take on the story. Until then, keep reading. Thanks for joining. Thank you for listening to Books and Nachos. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes, and you can catch back episodes at our website, booksandnachos.com. The music for Books and Nachos is The Right Prescription by Chai Weapon, 
which can be downloaded at podsafeaudio.com. Books and Nachos is copyright 2010, Venganza Media Incorporated.